Welcome to Unpack the Pursuit, a podcast where we have real talk about change. Unpack the Pursuit is dedicated to helping us think differently about change and how we get to the places we so desperately want to go. Get ready for empowering tips and tools, lots of storytelling, and inspiring interviews. We are your hosts, Natalie and Molly. Let's unpack this. We are super excited to welcome our guest, Jeanette Perez. I'm really excited about this because I did a women's circle with her online with a good friend of ours, and it was just an incredible six-week journey together, all about women's empowerment. And funny enough, too, she actually just graduated from a 200-hour yoga certification program with the same instructor that I did my yoga certification with, Shauna Shank in San Diego. So a little bit about Jeanette. She is a queer Chicana, jack of all trades, yoga teacher, breathwork coach, anything you name it in the holistic field. She's got a lot under her belt. She aspires to create a safe space for people exploring their identity and holistic guidance to others as they heal from physical, emotional, and mental trauma. Our story and theme today with Jeanette is a beautiful theme, no barriers, just wings a story about finding identity in a world that boxes us in. So Jeanette, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. That was a lovely introduction. <laughs> thank you. That really was a lovely introduction. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so Jeanette, you sent in just an amazing story and we know a bit about your background in. Can you just tell us, especially about your experience with your identity in college and how that kind of shaped some of the monumental years of your life? Because I know in your story, you really honed in on some of your experiences in college, and we'd love to hear about that. Yeah, of course. I think it's very relatable when you're in college, you're transitioning from, at least for me, I was transitioning from you know living with my family and only knowing that bubble of a world to then moving to Southern California and then just being free. <laughs> totally. So <I> think, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it's scary, man. Like, it's so scary of just like, you know, everything being so scheduled and put together within your life and then going and be uh, going into college and then you have to kind of do it all yourself. I come from Santa Clarita, California. So like Six Flags area. I just lived around like a lot of white, uh, straight people. So I didn't ever really see very many people of color within my hometown, nor was like my Mexican culture prominently like established within that town. There is a little bit, but it's like, it's not as rounded out as it is in San Diego with us being close to the border. I didn't really tap into that aspect of myself, especially because I, I grew up with a stepdad who is Italian, straight from New York. And my mother is Mexican, but everything within my home was very Italian and English speaking. Later on within college, I decided that I wanted to be known as Chicana. And I guess going from that bubble of just being around people that didn't look like me and I didn't feel that I belonged to then going into college where there were so many different diverse people and it's like culture shock <laughs> to no end. It just gave me the inspiration to understand who I was and like what my story was and what I stood for because there were so many people within UCSD who like came barely in like wanting to protest, wanting to talk about different aspects of like how they grew up and wanting to make light of that situation for themselves and other people. And that gave me light of wanting to find what it is that I stood for and what I was known for and what I 
wanted to identify with. It was a whirlwind at first, but then I, I figured myself out. <laughs> mm, that's so beautiful. <laughs> Natalie, Jinx. said the same thing. Oh my God, Jinx. No, that's such a beautiful story. I love that college really opened up like freedom aspect for you. So yeah, you were able to do a lot of exploring. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And I love that you had the power, empowered sense to navigate and pursue your own identity. Yeah, I grew up with a lot of trauma. So I definitely wanted to set myself outside of that norm and that day to day. So I wanted to make myself stand out, (laughs) not necessarily stand out, but I just, I wanted to have that independence and essentially Mm -hmm. for college to be like a fresh start for me. Mm -hmm. I love that. You've talked before with us about how challenging it was and still is to be queer in a heteronormative patriarchal society. God, that's a mouthful. For listeners who might not be familiar with this term, can you share your perspective on it and what kinds of things that you face that say, you know, someone who's heterosexual female or male wouldn't normally experience? Mm, Yes. So for the listeners out there that don't know what heteronormative is, it is um, the very old binary of what society is essentially based on is a male and a female being together. For me, being queer challenged that binary. The challenges that I have had to face were going down down to a club or just like spending time with my partner. And at one point, we felt so comfortable being in, you know, we felt was this really safe space and we were dancing and having a really great time. And then out of nowhere, we were thrown drinks at. So that's something that I've had to face. I'm considered a passing woman. And what I mean by that is that I am very feminine on the outside. I have long hair and I wear makeup at times and I wear very feminine clothing. So on the outside, I don't look to be in the stereotype of a lesbian or queer. And that type of stereotype is usually considered to be a person that looks masculine. And so... And that's that's who my partner is. My partner is very masculine in that sense, masculine looking. And so when we are together, it's it makes other people feel very uncomfortable. It goes it has different layers. There's so many different challenges. And even in the future, I'm going to have challenges of like, you know, having to get pregnant and having kids and, you know, raising children that are going to have to face the very challenges of having two mothers as opposed to a mother and a father. Yeah. And I think about it as like, you have to constantly be aware of that. Whereas someone who is straight doesn't. So I think about like, even now, right now with the holidays approaching. So if I were to bring like my partner who is a male to dinner or to a family gathering, I'm not stressed out about how people are perceiving my relationship based on the fact that it fits within the societal structure, right? I think it's just being aware that as a person who fits into a certain societal box, like a white person or a straight person, there are just certain things you don't have to worry about on a day-to-day basis that are running through people's minds on a day-to-day basis every moment of the day in some cases. I don't know. I think it's just interesting to point out. Yes, definitely. And I feel that that norm is definitely taken for granted by a lot of people. I mean, I was just talking the other day to my friend who's straight um, and who's pregnant. And she, we were talking about like the potential of me possibly getting married and like having kids of my own. And I had to tell her like, um, it's not as easy as you would think, you know, having to go through the process and even having to get approved of being able to take on like a foster child or, you know, 
all of that work, it's a lot of work and a lot of money in itself. So it's, it's, it's just an added stress and an added barrier and an added, you know, hoop that we have to go through. Yeah. That's a great example. A really great example. Okay. So we've talked about the cycle of change and I know you've read into it a little bit. Some of the most pivotal changes happen in that valley of despair. What was that like for you to go through, through college and telling your family and how did that kind of all unravel for you? I came out when I was, I want to say a sophomore in college and I went in with a really big expectation that my family would be very supportive because a part of my family was very supportive with me going through college and I talked to them on a daily basis and I considered them both my best friends and also my family members. And so when I told them, you know, like I had first started and said like, you know, I called I called one of them and was like, I, I don't know what's going on, but I think that I'm bisexual because I really find somebody attractive and I'm not really sure what to do. And they were like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and just like very like thrown off by me calling them and telling me, telling them this. And then a few, I think it was like a month down the road, I had told my family, you know, I want to bring a friend over. I wanted to tell them when I got there that the friend was my partner and that we were together, but I just got so nervous and it just, it was really awkward. (laughs) 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 They knew what was going on and we knew what was going on and we were just like, yeah, okay, like this is my friend. I think a couple of weeks after that, they had sat me down at their in their house and was like, you know, like we feel like you are just doing this as or that you identify as this as a way to make friends. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's I mean, and I could see where they were coming from. I really do. Like not looking back now, I was very much the type when I was younger. I'm thankfully not this way anymore, but. When I was younger, I would change how I am, you know, and this comes from trauma too, changing who I am and my characteristics in order to benefit the people around me and so that I would fit in, I guess, in a form of like masking. They had said like, we feel like you're just doing it as a way to like fit in. We don't really think that this is serious and this will just pass. And so it really, really hurt (laughs) because... It was something that I knew that was so true and it was so scary in my own body to to say something that was so true and to speak my truth because before that I hadn't really shared with anybody like how I, who I was or what I stood for or just who I am. I was very like in a shell of not wanting to share any part of myself and so when I did share that and it was immediately rejected I felt so upset I was very depressed and I went through a very long cycle during my sophomore and junior year of having a lot of depression and having to talk to therapists and being you know on the verge of suicide but thankfully my partner was there for me and she I think <laughs> she's like always been there for me and she's she helped me through it and we were there with for each other we both came out at the same time And so we had that like, we got your back type of relationship and we still do. And so it definitely helped having her by my side and like the small friends that I did have at that time in order to like lean on. It's taken a minute and it's taken a lot of introspection and for those family members to take like a break and to have their own introspection as well for us to come back together and for 
for us to like, you know, now, <laughs> now I go to their house and like they're, they immediately are extremely like happy when they see my partner and she's a really big part of my family. It's gotten easier. And I think a big part of that change was from myself of really seeing like this has nothing to do with me who I am and how I am and how I express myself is who I am. And that's, that's something that I can, I hold on to, you know, and how other people perceive that or how other people may take that has everything to do with them. And that's their story and that's what they're going through. And I have nothing at all to do with that, nor is it my responsibility to make people feel comfortable with who I am. Preach. That was amazing. (laughs) That was so amazing. And I just, God, I think that family thing is, is so big because I mean, I'm sure you've heard from talking to people, but I know like when I hear these stories too, the family part can be really hard. And a lot of some of the stories I've heard, like people don't talk to their family anymore. So the fact that you were able to put up like these really good boundaries and have empathy with other people and all of that to then form like a new kind of relationship with your family and still hold that relationship with them is so beautiful and so inspiring, I think, to others that are going through this or afraid to tell their family or friends. That was just the way you put that was really beautiful. Yeah. And I really want to say like just the gratitude I feel for when you said sharing your truth. I thought of my friend Savannah, who we actually just did a podcast with. She talks, she says that all the time. She's like, speak your truth, speak your truth. And you speaking your truth way back then when you had to go through that with your family, you speaking your truth right now in this moment, like I feel a lot of gratitude for that because it helps empower other people to do the same thing. And it helps hopefully one, even just one or two people not to go through that same, you know, feeling of depression and feeling of helplessness that you felt. So thank you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody is different. Natalie was saying everybody is different and has their own form of coming out and their own struggles. So I mean, anything to help and shed light on that. I know a big part of it has to do with just realizing that you can't, you can't control anybody outside of yourself. You know, like I just got certified in yoga. And one of the biggest things that came up for me within yoga was my my teacher saying like, you can only control what is happening within your yoga mat, i.e. your own body and how you're feeling and your own emotions and what you're going through. But you, you can't control nor see or compare yourself to other people that are around you. So that definitely stood out and continues to stand out for me. And even back then. I love that. Nat, are we ready for our last question for Jeanette? I think we are. We ask all of our guests on the podcast this question. You talk a lot about identity and sort of unpacking that today. What does unpack the pursuit mean to you? Unpack the pursuit to me means what matters at the end of the day is that you are happy, that you are meeting your soul contract of love and loving yourself and loving the people around you and whoever you are and wherever you come from is just a part of you and that's your story. It doesn't have to define who you are. And if you want that to define you, then let it define you, but don't do it for other people. So I think that resonates a lot with me and who, how I grew up and who I am today is living for me in all forms and all aspects of who I am. Thank you so much. (laughs) That was really lovely. And that was lovely. That will resonate with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No problem. Ah, Well, thank you, Jeanette, so much for joining us. That was a beautiful conversation. And we have been looking forward to 
to this podcast for weeks just because your story is beautiful and we're excited to get it out there. And hopefully, hopefully it hits some people that really need to hear to hear this. So thank you so much for being open and vulnerable. For everyone listening, thank you for listening and supporting us. If you feel like you have a story that you want to share or there's something that you would really like to hear about a topic of some sort, please feel free to email us or reach out to us via Facebook or Instagram. All of that kind of stuff will be linked in our show notes of this. We would love to hear from you and thank you guys. We will talk to you soon. (laughs) 